This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in, and as always, for sharing the podcast uh, Terry James is with us today, and before we get to him and talking about a couple books that came out this year, um, I wanted to remind everybody, you know, you can subscribe to our weekly Watchmen, and you will only get one email a week, and that is Friday afternoon, an email in your inbox with a recap of the Monday through Friday podcasts that were published at Stand Up For The Truth dot com. So subscribe to that. Why do I say that again? Why do I remind you of that? My email box has been bombarded, in fact, taken over, perhaps hostile takeover. Um, of, I mean, I love all the ministries and the nonprofits and the organizations that, that I support and follow, but I'll tell you what, s- several of them send more than one email, and I just, if you didn't know, it's Giving Tuesday, apparently the Tuesday after Thanksgiving or, or whatever, um, is one that you can give to your favorite nonprofit or ministry. And so we do not send out emails. We do not solicit. As you know, if you've been following this podcast for any length of time, we don't do that. But God has been so faithful in providing for this ministry for years and years and years now, and it's through you. Um, but we, I would love for you to just pray for our ministry, our staff here, that everybody stays healthy Pray against that spiritual warfare, and when it does hit us, pray that we would respond in faith, and uh, also pray that we would just have wisdom to make decisions for the coming days, weeks, months, and Lord willing, if he doesn't return in the near future, uh, years ahead. So just pray for us. We're not asking for money. I, I, I mean, obviously, we are listener-supported, but we do not send out emails, not to say that those who do are doing a wrong thing. But my goodness, my, I, I'm, it's going to be like a half hour after the podcast of just going through my emails and just clearing out all these. Hey, it's Giving Tuesday. It's Giving Tuesday. Okay. We get the message. But, uh, so subscribe to the weekly Watchman. It's one simple email you get once a week from us. I hope you would be interested in doing that. So, um, I want to bring on Terry James and remind you, um, I was reading in Psalm 35 this morning. Interesting the way David phrases some of his, prayers to God, starting that off by saying, contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. And I want to stop right there and and go over to Ephesians 6 and and let this be a reminder to us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, even though they come against us in human form. Oftentimes, (laughs) the enemy uses people, right? But our struggle is against the rulers, powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So what does the word instruct us to do? Take up the full armor of God so that we'll be able to resist on the evil day. And then having done everything to stand firm, then verse 14, stand firm, therefore. That being said, I want to bring on Terry James, author, general editor, prophecy expert, and co-author of numerous books and articles. He's a frequent lecturer on the study of the end times. He's uh, interviewed on this podcast several times before. We love having him on. He's got such a great perspective on things, and I believe he can share with us some wisdom that we need for this day that we're in. I want to mention a couple of his books. Um, Lawless is one, End Times War Against the Spirit of Antichrist. The Disappearing, which he co-authored with Pete Garcia. We had Pete on a few months ago. Trajectory is the one we're going to be talking about today, tracking the approaching tribulation storm. Terry James, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Well, thank you so much, David, for having me. I'm just uh, really always grateful and thankful to be with you. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, I know you're down in Arkansas there, and we're up here in in the the great white north but it's not white yet but uh uh we can it's it's amazing that we can talk th- across the states and at the same time and the lord is going to guide this conversation and bless people and use us to encourage and hopefully he will be glorified in this hour we're just thankful yeah. to connect with men of god like you terry um before we get into the book trajectory um there's another book i just went on your website i didn't even realize this was coming out 
But you've got another book coming out. Um, it's called The Final Remnant with Heather Renee. And I want to just read the author's note and allow you to tell a little bit about it. It says on the website at Rapture Ready, um, fully realizing that most Rapture Ready family folks don't generally prefer fiction, I nonetheless implore you to embrace this novel. I'm particularly doing so because of my concern for the young adults who have been largely ensnared by this perverse culture that Satan and his minions have managed to inflict and afflict. Terry, before we move on, tell us a little bit about this. Well, this young lady, uh, Heather Renee, is just a superb novelist, and I, what I, my part in it is not, I, I like to write fiction too. My, my latest novel on my own is, uh, is called Messiah, and it's about the false Messiah that's coming. That's, that's a novel fiction I just wrote and put out, and I like that one. But just Final Remnant is just really geared to, uh, the younger generation. Mm. Uh, Heather is a young person herself, I, you know, she's in her twenties, and she, she's just a superb writer. And uh, and she really has a grasp of um, you know of her contemporaries and what's going on. She's a very devout Christian young woman with a couple of very young little little kiddos, and um, and so she um, she's written a number of um, art- of uh, articles and a number of uh, books. But this one this one here really touches what I want to touch on, and that is um, the hearts of the young people of America. They have been fed so much through all of this social media stuff. And this wokeness and all these other things—they've been lied to about America's foundations yes. and all other and all other kinds of things. And so, Heather uh, points in this novel. This novel points to where all things are headed for those who are not uh, willing to accept Christ and not willing to accept truth. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, sometimes you know when you can you can present uh, truth through fiction. That uh, in particular, pointing it at certain groups like the young people, for example. They will read this and, and absorb it and then, you know, wonder about it more than if it was just straight preaching at them like I sometimes do, I guess, in my books, my nonfiction books. So that's what this book is all about. I encourage uh, parents and grandparents to get this and turn it over to their teenagers and young adults. That's so important, Terry. I agree with you. This younger generation, oh, my goodness. Let's just talk about the Christian church, the families that are raising Hopefully, God willing, um, mature Christian believers, disciples of Christ in this chaotic world where the biblical worldview is, is lower now as far as people's belief in God and that young generation, millennials, uh, such a small percentage of them are growing up with, with really a true biblical worldview. Um, just share your thoughts on why that's so important. If the Lord tarries and these young people are going to have to deal this in the years, to, in this culture and in this world, they're going to have to face this in the years to come. Yes, and Jesus, and, and Jesus is the only one with answers to all of this, of course, and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit indwelling the believer. Young people's without, without, who are without Jesus and, and without the Holy Spirit to guide them are really in for a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And even those who are Christians have, you know, they, they need guidance. They're not getting a lot of times at churches, in their churches or Sunday school classes or, or group meetings like that. They need to um, be encouraged to study on their own to get into the Bible. And they need to uh, be gently led into the uh, the prophetic picture that God presents. He wants to know the future. He wants to know the future so that we can conduct our lives here in the here and now the way it should they should be conducted. And um, and so that's why prophecy is so important. And yes. I I encourage people to get you know get these books like this novel and even our books as they mature a little more. They they quickly come into the understanding as the Holy Spirit uh, leads them of exactly where this world is headed, why it is like it is, darkening like it is, and, and, and there's, there's great hope, and that hope is in Jesus. So, Terry James, uh, the book that we're going to talk about today, Trajectory, the Tracking the Approaching Tribulation Storm, I'm just going to mention some of the table of contents, and then I want to go back and, for our newer listeners, revisit part of your story and how God has worked in your life through the years to put such great content out for the, the body of Christ but I want to go back to the table of contents. It says, uh, let's see, section one, uh, you got uh, David Reagan writing the prophecy's greatest forecaster. You have ch- sec- uh, chapter two, the de- deluge of deception. Uh, Tim Moore writes chapter three, winds of war, uh, rumors and ethnic anarchy. 
I'm going to skip around a little bit. We've got Jonathan Brentner, who we've had on the podcast. Uh, chapter 5, Pandemic Tidal Wave. Um, section 2, Daniel's 70 Weeks. Uh, one thing I want to get to is peace and safety. The seductive storm shelter. Uh, Lord willing, we'll talk about that. And then even the chapter from Pete Garcia on Report on the Roaring Seas. But Terry James, tell us, our newer listeners... A little bit about your background and uh, things that they might not know about you. Well, uh, I, uh, I was as you go all the way back. I was saved at a very young age, six years old, in Pekin, Illinois, where I lived, and went to the Seventh Street Bible Tabernacle. Tabernacle it was called on the, the corner of what was it, Seventh Street and Derby. I still remember exactly wow. where it was, <laughs> and uh, and so um, that's where uh, that's I, they had me in church. My mom and dad, Christian people, had me in church. You know, every so um, you know, I strayed over the years. I got into my adult years a little bit, but I was saved very young. And God, as He promises, brought me back. Mm. Okay, I went to the Air Force and still a single man, and um, was I volunteered uh, for four years during the Vietnam thing when they were drafting everybody. And, I wasn't too keen on going to Vietnam and uh, taking up arms, so I joined the Air Force, which uh, I worked there uh, with the aircraft for four years. And when I got out, we I got uh, met a young lady, and uh, we were married, Margaret, and we were married. Uh, uh, see, a year before I left, I guess before I got out of the Air Force, and met uh, a girl whose uh, father was a chief master sergeant down there, and. Uh, and we moved back to Arkansas. I wanted to get back to Arkansas, and I got into public relations and advertising. That was my training, basically, in college and so forth. And so uh, I went to uh, work as a in advertising, public relations for a number of um, advertising agencies first, and then for some uh, large insurance companies as their public relations director, and then their advertising uh, director, and so forth. And a few companies I worked with uh, during my career. And along about, um, I don't know, when I was um, down in Jackson, Mississippi, working as a public relations director, I started having a lot of visual problems, uh, night vision and so forth. I couldn't no longer see. I thought maybe the, the windows were dirty or the headlights or something. Mm-hmm. And uh went to the doctor, and he said, well, you know, you have some problem here, but it doesn't look like anything much. But by the time we got back to Little Rock, Arkansas, where I was working for another company, well, it got so bad I went to a retinal uh, to a ophthalmologist, and he sent me to a retinal specialist, and it turned out to be retinitis pigmentosa after mm. a very painful uh, um, uh, examination. I might add, don't don't recommend that for anybody. But um, so um, he said most people go blind. Of course, I just about went nuts because my had he raising a young family, a young son, and uh, mm. my wife and. And said most people go blind, and I he didn't know how soon. It was relatively unknown much about this disease, retinitis pigmentosa, at the time. And so, um, but my my vision got progressively worse over the years. I was diagnosed in 1977, and I kept my my central vision, which means I could drive a little bit. I could well, drive quite a bit, and I I could still see to type, do all these other things uh, you need to do to work, mm-hmm. travel, and so forth. Until, um, let's see, when was it? I guess um, long in the night, about 1985, I guess, or 86, well, I could no longer see well enough, safely enough, to be able to drive and so forth. And that kind of stalled out my public relations career because you have to be able to travel and to, you know, to represent the company and all these kind of things. So I wasn't able to do that. And uh, pretty soon uh, my my vision started closing in from the side peripherally. And uh, finally got into my central vision. I still, I was a fanatic, I guess, for working out. I still, I was jogging the day my eyes went out. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I could still see well enough. But then all the trees, all the shade and everything started closing in. I couldn't, I had to feel my way along the curb to get back home. That's how dedicated I I was. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And uh, so I got got home, and that was it for me. I had to push away from the computer, could no longer see the screen. And Mm. I Ask the Lord to, you know, you're going to do something if you want me to continue to write. Because I was writing books. I had written um, one book. Um, uh, the first one was Storming Toward Armageddon and, and other things. And so um, he he brought into my life Angie Peters, who is, is now like a little daughter to me as well. as my. She's been my editor for uh, the all these years, 1990, since 1993, I guess. She's been my editor. I've helped. I've been grandpa to her kids, and <laughs> so and Margaret's been grandma to their kids. So we had a family relationship all that time. Got ourselves a daughter there, 
as well as um, you know an editor, the best editor in the in the world, I think. And so Angie, she came over to my home. I put a, we put a blind ad, no no pun intended, in the local paper, and said, you know, we'd like to interview some some um, people. We saw Angie and her resume and straight A student and all this kind of thing. So. She came over, and I say we became great, uh, great family members as well as uh, work together. So uh, from that on, that time on, we have written more than um, uh, altogether. Angie, of course, Angie's done hundreds and hundreds of books. She just did one for Pat Boone not long ago, hmm. uh, and uh, so she's she's wow. really, you know, she's she's really gone places. And uh, so uh, we've written more than forty books together, forty-two, I think it is. And got another one coming out. Pete and I have one coming out. Pete Garcia and I have one coming out called called New World Order. Will be coming out um, in the spring of this year, and so we're still moving now. In the interim, in the interim, the most interesting thing that happened was in April twenty second, which was Good Friday of uh, two thousand eleven, April twenty second. Mm-hmm. I was out there working out, doing one of my fanatic exercises. I was, uh, of course, <laughs> blind, you know, by that time, and. <laughs> Working out, and I got through my workout. I came in here, and I uh, started feeling uh, felt like really bad uh, indigestion. It had been that way for a couple of days, and come and go. And I sat down in my recliner in here, and uh, I started having breathing problems and so forth. And I said, to Margaret and my wife, I said, you know, you need to call nine one one. Well, that panicked her because she knows I don't like to go to doctors. And uh, I said, I can't breathe. There's something wrong here. I'm getting real clammy. Mm. Well, they came out, uh, the EMT people did, and this one felt my pulse. I said, I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't feel a pulse here. And he had the other one feel, I can't feel one either. Well, I always thought, you know, when you didn't have a pulse, you were dead. But I was still still going. And they said, could you, could you walk to the gurney just outside? Because bringing in would be hard with, the, you know, living room clutter and all that. And and so somehow, without a pulse, I got up and I went to the gurney and lay down. Took me to the hospital, which is about two miles from here. And as they were pulling me out of the van, uh, I heard this blip. It was like a computer uh, going from one uh, one thing to the other, mm-hmm. like yeah. that. And uh, all of a sudden, I was in front of these young people, and uh, they were they were young, beautiful people, looked like they're in twenties. They were smiling and happy and just real energetic, and they were in inviting me to come to them. And so I started to them, almost got to them, and everything started black again, dark again. And Well, I was on the gurney <clears throat> going toward the cath lab, and wow. I said, um, I said, and I heard his kids say, this young man say, um, I had to hit him with the paddles. Of course, my first reaction was, you know, what, I said, what paddles? <laughs> he said, well, your heart stopped. I had to, I had to hit you with the paddles. Wow. And so, and so we kept going down the hall, and, and I guess we got to the cath lab, and I heard the same blip. And I was in, in the same building of pain in my chest. And again, I was in front of that, uh, in that same group of young people. They were smiling and jam- jumping up and down with their hands in there. And they were laughing and said, bidding me to come to them. as beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, picture of young people, men and women. Mm. And uh, so I started again. I said, well, I like this place. This, this. <laughs> so I started toward them. And, and all of a sudden, uh, everything started turning black again. I remember thinking, thinking to myself. Well, I don't want to leave this place, you know. <laughs> but 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 uh, I was on the I was on the glass uh, cath lab table, and uh, and uh, they were working on me, and uh, then I and my chest pain started building once again like that, and, and I heard the same blip, and I was in their same presence. This time we were in, I was among them, the same group of young people, and they were looking over at me and smiling and and just their arms puffing up and down, and we were running, we were running in like a victory lap and they had their hands in the air and I said man I really like this I don't know what this is but then everything started turning black again dark wow. and I again said to myself I remember saying this I, I didn't know where I'd been or where I was or anything else that's all I remember is this, this group of young people and this, this situation and my, my thinking to myself I do not want to leave this place And but there I was again everything turned dark I was back on the lap table uh, cat lap table and so, Terry, we've, we've got to pick this up on the other side of this break. God obviously wasn't done with you yet, writing and editing so many books. We're going to talk about trajectory, tracking the approaching tribulation storm, next with Terry James. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Terry James in the book, Trajectory. I promise we will dive into that in just a couple minutes, but we need to follow up on what Terry was sharing, that God obviously, clearly had a plan for him for work to do on this earth, and Terry's purpose is still being played out, and his job is not done. I, as an author myself, Terry, I, it's just overwhelming almost hearing how you write and, and edit so many books. And the two questions I have are, first, ooh, I'm going to get to this one. Many people are likely wondering, you're blind, and here you're still writing and editing books. That's the simple question for after. But I want you to continue um, finishing up your story, how God definitely he brought you back. He, he didn't allow you to die. And, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord, he wanted you to still do your work here. Talk to those who might be experiencing depression or questioning their purpose in life. Well, if you don't, uh, if, if you're <clears throat> concerned about God doesn't have his eye on you and his hand on you, well, he has taken this old guy, who now 80, wow. and uh, died on, it was Good Friday, this was Good Friday of 2011 <laughs> that this happened to me. God has his hand on you, and uh, he has a purpose for you the same as he's had for me. I had no idea, but here I was now back on the on the cath uh, lab table, it just now just show you God how God works, and He'll do the same for you. I'm no I'm no exception, believe me. Um, blind as I am and as I was and still am, He didn't cure my blindness. But he, it just so happened now in the next room uh, in, in this little hospital here in Benton, Arkansas, where they took me, and, uh, and in the next room it just happened to be the top uh, cardio uh, cardiological interventionist. Now that's somebody who takes uh, uh, blockages out of the major arteries. Mm. He's a top guy in the state, uh, and he was in the next room lecturing doctors on how to on the procedures to do. <laughs> so who do you think they called on to do this one? <laughs> and that's right, the top wow. guy. Doctor, they can't pronounce his name. He's from India, so he called. It's Doctor Ryle something. So they just call him Doctor Ryle. So Doctor Ryle was in there, and he he I was away by this time, and now and he was he said, well, here's what we did. He said. Um, and he started, he, he had a thing, a fluoroscope or something up there above me, and he said, this is what we did, I'm going to show you. I said, I can't see it. He said, why not? I said, because I'm blind. I've been blind since, you know, uh, a long time ago, since 1994 or so. And uh, <clears throat> so he said, okay. So he comes around, and he puts his index finger on my, just below my left chest, and he runs it up to, to my heart area, and he says, there was a blockage here in this artery here, and we removed it. And it's called the Widowmaker. He said 95% of the people who came here, comes to these, gets here to this point, don't make it. Hmm. But you made it. Wow. And uh, so <laughs> Dr. Rao fixed me up, and um, and God I, and God fixed me up. But here's another thing, too, for the folks out there. God has a purpose behind, behind everything he does. And one hmm. of the purposes here, and i got a couple others, but one of the purposes here was I know that he wanted me to uh, to witness to, to these people, I'm talking about the medical professions, uh, professionals now. Uh, this uh, they they were so impressed with my recovery, having my heart stopped actually four times. I have I have a cousin who is a, who is a top practicing nurse, a top not, top notch nurse, and another who is a who is a and a, and a daughter who's a, a, a physician's assistant, and they both looked at about 40 pages of my document and stuff, and they were just absolutely flabbergasted at what had happened. My heart stopped four times, and never just unprecedented. So these, these doctors were, they were totally impressed. They gave, gave me, let me tell you this, they gave me the Cardiac Patient of the Year Award. <laughs> I've got it right here in the corner of my office up here. I, of course, I, I show everybody and tell them about it. I brag on the Lord when I show it to them. <laughs> and, um, and so they invited me, not only that, but they invited me to speak to their um, their cardiological convention. Wow. And Angie, you know, my little editor daughter, she took me up there. She, she drove me up there. And uh, I spoke to this convention, and guess what I told them? I said, you guys are great, and you do wonderful work. And it's obvious because I'm still here. I said, but I want to tell you who's, who really made sure I was here, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, God, you know. And uh, they listened very politely, and, mm -hmm. and they applauded me loudly when I was finished, so I didn't offend anybody, I don't think. And that's a story of, of uh, my Good Friday um, clinical death 
and, and uh, not a resurrection, but a resuscitation, I guess you'd say. Wow. So, um, and that's that's what God will do for you. I mean, it, mine is a rather spectacular, uh, but it's so that I can tell people right now, uh, the Christians li- listening, that, yeah, God has got his hands on you, too. And Amen. he has something for you to do, or else you wouldn't still be here at, I believe, the most, uh, probably the most exciting time in all of human history to be here, yep. just before Christ's return. And we are getting close, and you've written so much about that, which we'll get to, Terry James. I want to wrap up um, your your testimony here and jump into the book. And it starts off with the foreword by Tim Moore, uh, CEO of Lamb and Lion Ministries. And he starts off by saying, where is our world headed? For that matter, where are you headed? So he ends his foreword to your book by saying, May this book serve as a storm warning to followers of Jesus that strong cultural forces threaten our children and grandchildren. And may this book motivate unbelievers to flee from the wrath to come and into the loving arms of our Savior. Um, Yes, that kind of wraps it up, really. And he asks, where are you headed? That's a question not only for Christians, but especially for unbelievers, uh, because they think this life is all there is. And now here we are for such a time as this. Um, Terry, you, it must be so hard. I think there's 19 or 20 chapters in this book. How do you possibly uh, choose who to include in your book? So many great men of God, ministries, and authors. How do you do that? I think some people would like to know. Well, I would just ask, ask the people asking that question politely and gently. Uh, if, the, if the Lord is able to do what I, he, I just said he did with regard to uh, to bringing me back to do these things, and, and also, even much more spectacular, to save the very soul from sin, well, do you think he would not lead me to the right people to write these books? Yes, he would, and he did, and he does. And I pray for the Holy Spirit's inspiration every time I sit down to think about it doing a book of compilation like this, or any book. Mm. That's, that's how I thought when I when I brought Pete uh, Garcia into a couple of our great books. And um, they're great because he he was part of them, and the Lord was in it. And um, and so, yes, uh, that, that's uh, that's what he does. God is, uh, you know, he's a hands-on God. He's not an existential God. He's a hands-on God. Amen. And uh, he will... He will he will interact in your life in the way that he knows is best if you will allow it, and that's what uh, that's what uh, uh, Tim was trying to say in this forward is mm. you know you need to submit to God and let Him lead you through the storm that's going you know he's going toward the storm we won't reach that storm with the tribulation storm we're on trajectory to go into that storm before that of course the rapture is going to occur. But we want to uh, to hear the Lord say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." And we're a good and faithful servant mm-hmm. if we if we let Him, uh, if we'll listen to Him and bring Him into everything we do every day. Yes, Amen. Um, uh, my new co-host Mary Danielson is out today, not feeling well. Pray for her health, friends who are listening. But she sent in a couple of questions, and specifically on chapter two that you wrote in the book Trajectory. The chapter is called Deluge of Deception, or Deluge. Um, but I want to go back and read something very fascinating that will set this all up. And that is in the, the book description. It says, The religious leaders of Jesus' days on earth were unable to see the powerful clouds of destiny surrounding them. The Lord called them hypocrites because they could discern the physical weather, but not the spiritual storm about to break. They claim to have a direct connection with God, yet failed to see Israel's promised Messiah standing among them at that very moment. Therefore, through their willful rejection, they couldn't warn the people of the tumultuous times ahead. If repentance, uh, uh, if repentance and reconciliation, thus redemption, were not forthcoming. Uh, Terry, chapter two, give us an overview, and I've got a couple of specific questions for you. Well, um, it is just that we are under, I think, Daniel's, um, uh, you know, D- Daniel's um, end times flood. He talked about in Daniel chapter 9 that we're going to face an end times flood of evil. We are certainly seeing that. We're on trajectory to enter the tribulation storm itself. And what I was talking about, according to um, your co-host's uh, question there, I was talking about how Jesus uh, did not, 
you know, you know he called them hypocrites because they they were supposed to be warning the people and and I and unfortunately I see that among um, among the churches today, among the pastors, among the the leaders in the churches today, they want to ignore the question of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, my goodness, uh, you know, our Messiah, uh, the Jews Messiah, our 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 Lord and Savior, and He's not even our King because we are in the family. We are we are His bride, the mm-hmm. King. He's the King, going to be King of all all humanity. We, the Church, are His bride, mm-hmm. and we of all people should be warned about. Uh, what's coming, so that we can be doing our parts and, and, and helping uh, spread the, the mission, the commission that Jesus gave us to witness to the whole world, bring as many people into salvation as possible, so they will be in the safety, the, the, the shelter that Jesus provides. And so, most of the pastors are ignoring this, and they're they're, in my opinion, they're almost equally guilty as the Judaizers of the day when Jesus uh, accused them wow. of, uh, of not being able to discern the weather. The, mm. the, um, in other words, the religious weather, the, uh, the uh, spirits of the time. We're under the spirit of Antichrist right now, yes. but the evil spirit. And Jesus, uh, Jesus is warning them. I think he's warning the pastors the same thing. Let's, let's start t- teaching Bible prophecy as it, is, as it is given in the Bible. By the way... Um I have another question on that chapter, chapter two, but we are going to touch on by the end of this hour, uh, chapter 19, which is the final chapter in the book. And Tim Moore contributed that it's called North America's anti-God storm surge. And I think we all have an idea of what that's about. But, uh, Terry, you outlined three major fronts of deception and control in our day in uh, chapter two, the economy the government, and the information age. So please uh, take these one at a time, the economy, government, information age. Talk about why Satan is working overtime in these three areas. Well, and I think we see all of this coming to pass as part of um, this so-called Great Reset that we hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Schwab and some of these people, um, uh, Yubel uh, Harari and some of these others are... <clears throat> They are working to uh, to bring the world economy into a one one uh, one government uh, system, mm-hmm. and of course that is exactly what is setting up for the Antichrist regime. Because Revelation chapter thirteen says that in sixteen and eighteen says that you know uh, there will be a num- numbering and mark system whereby all must buy and sell through using marks and numbers, and they must eventually worship the beast or or be cut out of the system. So. That's what this whole thing is about. Satan is, is using the human, human minions as well as the demonic minions, as you talked about in Ephesians 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 12, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the powers and principalities against which we struggle. Uh, Satan is using these, as we see uh, very strongly, to uh, bring in a government that is of one world, and Pete and I have, got to have a book coming out, one, uh, New World Order, and we cover much of that in this that new book, and we cover much of it, of course, in in uh, trajectory, and um, and so we see that developing. We've seen it developing uh, through, in my opinion, stolen elections and everything else. And uh, it's it's amazing the way Satan is able to <clears throat> to make these things happen through his human and demonic minions. But he's only able to do what God allows him to do because God, and the Holy Spirit, is a restrainer resident within the the church is within each believer, and he will continue to restrain right up into the moment that Christ says, come up here and cause the church into his presence, the bride of Christ into his presence. And uh, But we do see all these things happening, and and these riders throughout trajectory point to these things specifically happening. They're talking about the religious and the governmental uh, and, and, and the um, the AI, the artificial yes. intelligence, the um, the surveillance society that that Antichrist is eventually going to use to uh, to literally track and keep track of everybody on Earth, cause everybody on Earth to buy or sell using his marks and numbers, uh, sixty six six sixty six uh, number to uh, to buy and sell or be killed mm-hmm. or be cut out of the system and either accept that. But if people who accept his mark, of course, number it says in Revelation chapter fourteen, they will have they will not be able to. Uh, to go to heaven, and they will automatically be condemned to hell if they knowingly receive this mark. Of course, that can't happen this side of the rapture. Nobody needs to worry about that, because this side of the rapture, 
that's not applicable. This is not the mark of the beast. This where you're talking about the COVID shots or any of this right. other stuff. We're not there yet. But following the rapture of the church, all of these things will transpire, and we're headed rapidly in that direction, and that's what trajectory is all about. So, Terry, I ask other guests this from time to time. Uh, these agendas against, for example, America's economic position in the world, the strength of our country, of the economy, and their agenda against or, or to dismantle the government and our way of life, it will affect those in power as well to some degree, although not as much as the average American citizen. So why do you think, are, are they that uh, ideologically driven or is their worldview that corrupt and driven uh, by the they're, Antichrist they're, spirit of the age that they, they know it might affect them in some way, but they're, they're wanting to destroy their own country in a way? They're under already under delusion. Now, God says he's going to eventually send them great delusion when the when the rapture occurs and Christians are gone. They're going to undergo great delusion. But right now, they think they're going to be part of the hierarchy. Mm. They've been, they've been success, uh, satanically seduced. You know, evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse, Paul said, and that's what's happened. And um, and so um, these people are... Are, uh, are believing a lie already that that you know that they think what they're doing is a is a thing that uh, they you know almost a religious thing that they could be doing and, and part of the um, part of this religious uh, system is developing we see in this recent Sinai thing that the World Economic Forum and others joined all the religions all the religions and different things went up there to Sinai and uh, of course I don't know if it's the right Sinai because this one's in Egypt and the real Sinai they say is in Arabia so I don't know but but they think it's in the Sinai in Egypt and that's where they met even came did went up on the mountain and they made ten tablets about the climate change came down you know and just as uh, mm-hmm. as Charleston Heston did <laughs> Moses as Moses in, in the in the DeMille movie they they slammed the pa- tablets down you know uh, Moses w- was mad because um, because he found all this evil worship of the of, of the golden calf and naked dancers and all this stuff, and uh, he slammed the tablets down. Of course, the fissure opened up, swallowed people, mm-hmm. and uh, they came down. And, and it's a mimic. You know, Satan does everything mimicking God, and uh, they they came down from this uh, Sinai and they had these tablets for ten ten commandments for climate change uh, and this kind of thing. Well, when we come back with Terry James, we're going to talk about how the information age is so critical to the flood of deception. And we'll talk about the pandemic tidal wave. What's that chapter about next on Stand Up For The Truth? Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. The book by Terry James is called Trajectory, and we're going through the chapters um, we don't have time, unfortunately. This goes by so fast. Um, there's a chapter called Peace and Safety. I really wanted to touch on that because that's what a lot of Christians are tempted to aim for, and that makes us ineffective and perhaps unproductive in sharing the gospel when we're looking at for our own interests and our own peace and safety, taking care of number one and not really caring, loving our neighbors and caring enough that if they don't know the Lord, Oh my goodness, we can only imagine what, what, well, we see that in Revelation, what they have, uh, to look forward to in a way. And then, um, another chapter by Mike Gendron, chapter 11, Religious End Times Tsunami. But I want to finish up this thought, Terry, your thoughts, I should say, on the information age. The enemy is really deluding and de- deceiving people and social media. Um, then you cannot believe the mainstream media and the news anymore. They're politically driven oftentimes, and they have a, an antichrist worldview. And we've done studies on this. Journalists even admit what they believe and what their worldview is. And so we, it's hard to trust a lot of sources of information. So just your final thoughts on that and how Christians need to really be discerning. Yes, and the social media has just... Uh you know, Satan has used it in such a dramatic way. I mean, I've watched I've watched how he has manipulated things, and it's just really just amazing uh, with the artificial intelligence and all these other things that's developed, and the surveillance society that uh, that he's preparing for the Antichrist system to come. And people, uh, people, particularly Christians, should be aware that all of this, almost all of this, is is. Uh, Strictly in one direction. That's in this trajectory. Again, we have trajectory one direction toward the coming tribulation storm. And by that, I mean, 
that that uh, this this one way of thinking if you, if you just observe just observe our political process here and you you look at now i'm i'm not uh, being political i mean i'm, I'm i vote uh, i vote for the conservative side of everything but but if you just look the way uh one the, the donald trump has been treated uh as opposed to these others i'm not saying that he's the savior of all but 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 just look at the way he's been treated the um the um the mainstream media the mainstream news media they're totally against him mm-hmm. hollywood is totally against him uh the world uh, leaders mostly uh, uh around the world once uh, once uh He's kind of, you know, lost some of his uh, sparkle, I guess you'd say, and was disenfranchised from the presidency. Uh, they they have turned against him too, and they've turned more and more toward the one world order, the new world order. Yes, uh, th- this this one world thinking that is bringing on the Antichrist system, and so that's what that's what Christians need to think of when they see all these things happening. And there there's a there's method behind Satan's madness, and it all boils down to this. Uh, Romans chapter 1, uh, Paul had it perfectly mm. right, because, of course, Holy Spirit uh, had Paul exactly right. Verse 1, uh, chapter 1 of, and verse 28 says, because you've, you know, basically because you've rejected God, which the whole world is more and more doing, have a very small percentage who still believe in God. The Barna Group will prove that. Here, even here in the United States, believe in the Bible, as as and Aaron, and so forth. And, and God says in, in Romans 1, uh, chapter 1, because, in verse 28, because, you know, you reject me, basically, and then he gives a whole list of things following verse 28 that says what what you've done to reject me. Because these things, I'm going to turn you over, in verse 28, to a reprobate mind. Reprobate mind means upside-down thinking. Mm-hmm. But when you hear things like a man can be can become pregnant, or a man, a, a boy can be whatever he wants to be. A girl can be whatever she wants to be. A boy, a girl. This transgenderism and all these other things. And again, all of this technology that's being developed, to supposedly transhumanism and all these things that are bringing together this artificial intelligence by these brilliant people, like these um, World Economic Forum uh, uh, hierarchy and so forth. Mm-hmm. And they they want to make a, a people who are compliant. I personally think that's a lot of what the vaccine thing is all about. They want to make people uh, compliant, and this uh, COVID thing was a perfect uh, way to understand how you can make people compliant. And uh, so compliance and all of this... Um, all of this technology that is coming together, we see, we wonder what in the world is going on. These people, people have seemed to have gone completely crazy. Mm. Uh, you know, letting children come before transvestites and so forth, little, little kindergartners and dancing with transvestites and then, and all of this, even in churches, may I say. Uh, this is insanity, and it is. It's, it's upside-down thinking. It's reprobate thinking. That's where the world is coming to quickly and has already come to, in my opinion. Mm, amen. Um, Terry, just have about 10 minutes left with you. I want to jump to the, I know we skipped so much, but out of necessity due to time, the last chapter in the book, chapter 19. And then, by the way, after that, uh, you come in at the very end of the book and you write the conclusion called Calming the Tribulation Storm. And I'm sure there's a lot of perspective and encouragement for the church in that chapter. But I want to talk about what Tim Moore wrote in chapter 19. He starts it off by quoting Genesis 12. And, of course, America's relationship with Israel through the years, he goes back to 1948, of course, and the question uh, when they became a nation. And just share your thoughts on, we haven't talked a lot about Israel in this podcast today, but that's such an important relationship as far as our standing, America, and blessing Israel or supporting the nation of Israel, and I know he gets into a lot more detail in that chapter, but just share your thoughts on how important that is and how, boy, I hope we still have time to get back to supporting Israel. Your, your thoughts, Terry James? Israel is the number one signal now. Uh, Tim's, uh, Tim's uh, predecessor, uh, who, who turned over uh, Christ in Prophecy TV and so forth to uh, Lamb and Lion and so forth ministry, to Tim Moore, Dave Reagan, Dr. Dave Reagan, one of my dearest long-time friends, uh, he, he starts off this book trajectory by saying, you know, that uh, that the very thing that, that he thinks set into motion really a fast movement toward uh, the quick movement toward uh, winding up the whole whole end time of the age thing 
was when the Balfour Declaration and so forth, and when General Allenby, Edmund Allenby, rode into Jerusalem and took it over from the Turks. Hmm. He thinking that that was in, uh, see, was that uh, in February of 1911, I think it was. And he says that started the whole thing in motion. In other words, Israel, Jerusalem at the very heart of it. And uh, and that's where this whole thing uh, really began to, to come to fruition in earnest. And then, of course, 1948, we had uh, May 14th and 15th. They mm-hmm. had... Uh, Jerusalem, I mean, Israel becoming a, a nation again, with its own language, everything else, something that people thought were, historians thought were impossible, was impossible. All the, the Jews brought back from all over the world, exactly as God said it would be, said it would be done in a single day, and that's exactly what happened. Harry Truman, uh, you know, through miraculous, uh, inter, uh, yes. I guess you would say, uh, through miraculous friendships with uh, Harry Jacobson and others, who was a Jew, and his own mother who taught him Bible. He thought about these things, and he had this whole cabinet and everybody against him saying they would quit and everything else <laughs> if, if he, if he, uh, if he had granted uh, Israel nationhood you know, or, or, or put the United States um, behind that. Mm-hmm. He did anyway, and uh, bless him for it. Yes. And, uh, and so that's where all, all things have come down to this point. Israel is still the center of... Um, of all the controversy of the world, Jerusalem is the center of the controversy of, of all the world of nations. And the Mount Moriah is right there, that touchstone God between God and man. <coughs> Excuse me. That is exactly the, the whole conflict point of the whole world. Where Jesus, uh, where, where um, Isaac was taken by Abraham to be sacrificed, that is where Jesus was sacrificed, and the ram took his took Isaac's place. Jesus took our place, and the temple was rent from top to bottom when Christ was crucified. This is this is God's touchstone to humanity. This is Israel, and uh, we're seeing now things develop uh, north of Israel exactly for the Gog Magog attack, as Ezekiel the prophet in Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine told us. You see Turkey, Russia, uh, and Persia or Iran. Um, that is, uh, Rosh, uh, Tavama, and uh, Persia coming together north of Israel. They are also making military inroads into Syria, setting up a uh, camp there. Uh, Damascus will be destroyed in a single in a single hour, she said. There'll be, there'll be a ruinous heap. There'll be no more. And uh, all of these prophecies are being set up, and, uh, and uh, I believe the rapture is going to take place before the Gog-Magog attack can take place. But we're going to see Israel more and more involved, as we are we seeing daily, in uh, in the ire of the world coming against them. And so it's just fascinating to watch. If you're a Bible prophecy student, especially, that's the reason people need to get into the Bible and yes. understand just just how relevant all this is. Exactly to understand the times and to be able to warn, lovingly warn those who are in the church that maybe have been lukewarm, maybe have not been students of the Bible and Bible prophecy. And I know we've talked a lot about that in the past, uh, Terry, with you and with so many other uh, men and women of God on this podcast, that the Apostle Paul didn't tell us uh, to study part of God's Word or just get to know a few scriptures, a few favorite Bible verses and memorize them. Uh, a direct order was to study th- the Bible, to s- show ourselves approved, be workmen, that that rightly divide the word of truth, who understand and then can discern, and not only just for our own knowledge, head knowledge is nothing, but to be able to warn others and then live out our days in expectancy of the Lord's return. Your thoughts? Well, I can only say amen to all that, yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole, the whole uh, you know, the whole world um, uh, is, is uh, I mean, it's there for the, for the knowledge of people who want to know it. It's all there. Where we're going, people want to know, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, they worry about that. A Christian can know what's going to happen because God has told them. And and uh, I think that, um, you know, there again, that's why we write the books. Trajectory is, uh, I think, our to this point, our, our most up-to-date and uh, pointed book. That's exactly why things are the, as they are and where it's all headed. And, of course, headed toward Jesus. <laughs> he's going to call the church home, and then he's going to judge the whole world. Amen. Uh, well, we are so thankful, uh, Terry, for your writing and your time, your perspective. Um, I like the way that you end the book, and with all, all the different topics that are addressed in 19 chapters, 
some of it kind of heavy information of just the the reality of where we are at, not only as a country, but the world and just the trajectory um, and the tribulation storm approaching and, and uh, so many people ignorant of it. You wrap it up by just really encouraging people and kind of calming people and giving us a little bit of uh, perspective. So share a little bit about uh, just how you want to leave people with final thoughts as we have like two minutes, two and a half minutes left in the podcast. Well, Jesus, of course, is is the shelter. He is the answer to all this storm. We see, a com- we see coming. We see the, the tribulation storm approaching. And it's approaching quickly, and Jesus is, is the answer. You know, I think uh, all this chaos and, and everything we see happening, and boy, it's going to—we we haven't seen anything yet. It's going to increase greatly. <laughs> yeah. But when Jesus returns, when he comes down in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, uh, as it says, he comes, you know, breaks through the clouds at Armageddon and sees all this. I really believe, I believe with all my heart, we put this in my heart, uh, the Holy Spirit has, I believe that it's going to be the same as when those— those Jewish fishermen were out on the lake um, uh, on, on uh, the Lake of Galilee, Sea of Galilee, with him, and, the, and he was down there soundly sleeping while the thing was just raging around. The, the water was raging, and they were about to be capsized. They thought a small boat; it wasn't like a giant, gigantic uh, pleasure boat. And uh, they woke him up and said, "Jesus, you know, we're going. How can you sleep? You're going to let us perish here." Well, Jesus came to the came to the top. And he said, "You know, he, he simply, oh, ye little faith," and he put out his hands and he said, "Peace, be still." Mm-hmm. And and that whole I believe that whole lake instantly it didn't didn't subside by the the little uh, you know ripples that would slow down. I believe it became instant glass. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what's going to happen when Jesus breaks through those clouds of Armageddon. He's all this chaos, the, the culmination of the chaos of all the mm. centuries, and he's going to look out there, and I think he's simply going to say on that back of that great white steed, and we'll be behind him as Christians, uh, following him back to the planet, he's simply going to say, peace, be still. And I think mm. that's going to be the end of it. I think it's going to, literally the armies of the world are going to just fall dead, burst open, and everything else that is prophesied there. And uh, and that's, that's the way I look at it, and that's the way I believe it's been put in my heart. So the most important thing as we close out the book, I think, is, uh, you know, uh, is that scripture down there, um, that's how to be saved. Yes. You know, that if you will believe in your heart, uh, the Lord Jesus, and uh, confess with thy mouth, uh, and so forth, well, you will be saved. Amen. Romans, that, you got that scripture there? Yes, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart... Man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Terry James, I know people can go to raptureready.com. Um, where else can people find out about your books and your writing? Well, I have a, my prophecy, my personal blog, prophecy blog is um, terryjamesprophecyline.com. It's all in one word. Great. terryjamesprophecyline.com. That's one place you can go to get a lot of my materials, but, but you know, Todd Strandberg, who founded this site, is my dear partner. He's like a son to me. He lives mm-hmm. right across the street, actually, in the Rapture headquarters, as I call it. Well, and, praise um, God. And we- Thanks, Terry. Thanks so much. Praise God. Get that book, Trajectory, friends, 18 Prophecy, Bible Prophecy Experts. Tomorrow you'll hear from Stephen Black, First Stone Ministries, Julian Appling on Thursday, Mary and I, News and Hot Topics Friday, Alex Newman next Monday, J.B. Hickson. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.